Thank you for listening to Knocking Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. Yeah, it's the, there. There were some moments, uh, you know, sitting in rehab, or <laughs> this flamed out, or that went bad, or that person left, and you're sitting there, and you're and you're just thinking. Or I was thinking that this was not part of 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 what I imagined as a child <laughs> right. to have a dream life. This 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 moment didn't didn't exist in that yeah. <laughs> that tapestry of of awesome. Support for Knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code KDD. Your balls will thank you. Inside the 5150 Studios, this is the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Your host, Jason Chance, with a history of alcoholism, some sexual trauma, childhood trauma, divorce, the list could go on. But hey, we take those experiences and turn them into our advantages and share them with you to hopefully inspire and motivate you guys to understand you can overcome anything you've gone through. Of course, my co-host, Mikey Naraki, here as always. What is going on, people? He's been busted a time or two. Yeah, you know, got myself busted a time or two. What are you going to do? And the author of the Knocking Doors Down book and, of course, founder of 5150 and the Carlos Vieira Foundation, Carlos Vieira himself. What's up, gentlemen? Thanks for joining us. Of course, Carlos went uh, down and spoke with uh, us with Charlie Sheen. It was fun. Yes, I enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah, it was was definitely neat to sit and just kind of hear. You know, we got into it. We asked him about the tiger blood, where uh, winning, all that stuff came from. But he was really very vulnerable about falling into any of the substance use. I mean, you're going to hear where he talks about smoking his first joint at 10 years old. Hey, we'll be back. We'll talk a little bit more about our experience uh, when we went and spoke with Charlie Sheen in person. Don't forget, if you have yet to pick up your copy of the Knocking Doors Down autobiography written by uh, Carlos himself, make sure to click the link in the podcast description. It'll take you right to the KDD media page, or you can get it also on Amazon and hardback paperback and the ebook charlie sheen yeah. sitting down with us on knocking doors down who who would have thunk it that's right everybody charlie sheen that's right uh so i gotta start off with a, a story charlie a, a big uh, baseball player as a kid my mom actually worked in baseball prior to me being born wow so i was a pitcher oddly okay. enough uh so one of my first games facing a team my best friend's middle brother the first batter up. First pitch, beam him in the ankle. Coach goes, fucking wild thing, calm it down. So that was actually got <laughs> stuck my nickname throughout wow. when I played Little League Baseball. Wow. So, you know, it's kind of funny to have had that movie and, you know, what it meant to me and a big fan of your career. So so how, how long had the film existed in the pantheon of, of life um, prior to that happening? I It was prior to the second one coming out. So it was, I got what year was the first one? 86? We shot it in 88, came out in 89. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember. It's so, as yeah. old as me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how are you doing? How's I'm doing, things? I'm doing good. You I'm look great. Good. I feel good. Thank you. Yeah, it's good Thank to see you. I know that, uh, you know, there was a, obviously a lot of stuff that was in there in the news for a while, a lot of concern, but uh, health is doing good, sobriety intact. It is. 
Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be here today if it, if it wasn't. You yeah. can't show up and do this show loaded. <laughs> it's like the exposure would be really silly and embarrassing. You know? Did you see him on the sober podcast? Dude. I was sitting right um, next to him. That was not sober. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, no, it, um, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I've, 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 you know, I've been around sobriety for for a long time, uh, both, you know, and with with the program and on my own and and like that, and um, and and it's it's it never really meant what it means today. Um, when I was always uh, led to it, right. when I was always when there was always consequences attached to it, and there's always consequences just. <laughs> yeah, dying. There's that, but when it was like you do this, so you can continue doing this, right? You know, so it was always it. It, it never felt genuine. It never felt organic, and it and it always had a ticking clock on it because I always felt like, okay, all right, I did this for them, and then when I finish what they need, whatever project or job or thing, um, then I get. You know, I get I get my freedom of choice back, and yeah. I can I can you know really make a statement. You know? <laughs> um, when you're saying ticking clock now, are you meaning just was it was it legal matters or contractual matters for some of the projects you were working on, or both? Both, yeah. both, yeah, yeah. I felt like okay, this is what they want, and so fine, I will adhere to, you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll toe the line. Um, but but there was always you know when this is done then I can disappear back into, right. you know, what I thought was the, the place I really... What about, what about, did they ask you how to get clean or how to get sober? Did they try to tell you how to do it or just that you needed to do it? Because that's one of the things that I, I believe that uh, over the years trying to get clean, because I relapsed over and over again, had, it was always doing what people told me I should do or how to do it. And I really, truly never got clean until I figured out what I needed to do for myself. And not what other people told me I needed to do and how to do it. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, AA is not the best place for um, for <laughs> for a famous atheist. Um, <laughs> just I kept looking for that fucking chapter. <laughs> what you know? Um, There's your headline right there for a famous atheist. <laughs> famous fucking atheist. Cool. So so yeah. Um, but it's not a one size fits all, sure. you know. It's like it's like saying that we all think the same, like our brains are built the same. They're just not. Right. Yeah. There's there's such uniqueness involved, um, and yet, sure, I would wear that as a, as a badge of, of defiance. You know, you don't understand me. But then when you start to surrender a little bit and see that there's such a commonality, and there is there is a link. With people that that have nothing close to what somebody else might do for a living, or or the things they've in, been influenced by, or exposed to, or, or yeah. worship, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's. I guess it comes down to well, you can't say it comes down to one of the things <laughs> that was revealed to me was uh, was finding a way to 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 not be held hostage 24 hours a day by two things shame and people pleasing mm -hmm. and you yeah. put those together and you know I'm, I'm 
living in Amsterdam, basically, you right. know? Right. Yeah. Um, so you, and you probably want me to elaborate on that <laughs> a little bit. I, I think shame and people pleasing are completely interwoven. Absolutely. I agree 100% because I know I greatly struggled with that. Still do at times. Right. And, and, and what is shame really? It's, it's us writing a story about how someone's going to interpret or judge us without with us having no idea what the outcome of the next moment is yeah you know we go into situations where okay all right i'm convinced because they know or i think they know that i did this or i'm thinking about doing that and therefore that that that's going to affect everything that 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 reveals itself yep. you know and so we've written a story beginning middle and end it's like oh i can't go there because Maybe something that happened once, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, we 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 get so attached to to fables, right? That just that that have no basis in 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 reality. And it's I think a lot of it is fear based. A lot of it is shame based. Yeah. Um, and and the reason I mentioned people please, and I was thinking about this on the way over here, is is because you know. Um, and I, I hate the term, especially as addicts. No, just as freaking human beings that, that, you know, maybe crossed that line or just did things a lot gnarlier than, than others, you know. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, we, we, or at least I, I would create different versions of myself based on who I was dealing with or based on who I had to hide from or, yeah. or manipulate or, or impress or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to like point to one thing, but we don't have to point to one thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a constellation of, yeah. of it's, it, it really <laughs> is an of amalgam it. of circumstances. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know for me, definitely, uh, you know, Carlos, I don't know if you, you can write, I don't think we've talked much about this, but the, um, the play, like you said, the playing the character for certain people. Certain people wanted me to be a certain way, so I was a certain way for them. Sure. You know, for for my mom, it was okay, sober for mom. Dad, it was the different thing. It was the the guy that got the chicks because that impressed dad or whatever. Right. What so right. it was wearing those different hats for different people, and you never really get to find yourself. You don't, you don't, and it's exhausting. Oh. It's a full time, it's a full time <laughs> job with very few benefits. You know? There's no dental plan in that job. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, but then also coming over here, I was like, all right, there's a there, there there's a there's a there's a through line. There's a there's an undercurrent of um, of of mental health that that we'll be discussing today. And then I'm in my car alone, laughing, like, well, yeah, if you want to talk about <laughs> overcoming mental health issues, call this fucking guy. You know? <laughs> um, but no, but there, the other side of that is is that. Uh, you know, I, I had the meltdown, the nervous breakdown, uh, you know, front and center on the world stage, you know. Yeah. So, so I, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I could really <laughs> sit here and say, all right, here's what happened. I, I, I don't really know. I don't really know. But I did, but what I was saying is I did find some comedy value in like... <laughs> Calling this guy for mental health advice, um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I uh, the majority of it was ultimately linked to 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 booze and 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 to dope, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it um, it it was you know the, the 
the one thing, and I'm not, you know, I'm not like trying to, you know, locate any sympathy, but just maybe just a, um, the one piece of it that still kind of irks me a little bit is I went through all that and I behaved like a complete idiot and, and you know, I was, I was fueled by, by all sorts of, um, you know, uh, situational realities that I was yeah. trying to navigate, trying to overcome. Um, but it's, you know, I went through that and instead, you know, people showed up in droves and overnight they'd written songs about me that were already on the freaking radio, yeah. you know, and that was kind of cool. There was an energy to it. It was like, oh my gosh, wow. Okay. What's next? Um, but there wasn't anybody there to say, Hey man, um, uh, let's, cut the shit yeah let's just let's <laughs> come over here let's let's there was nobody there to Take say yeah yeah, yeah this guy this guy needs some help he's in the middle of something i do have to say that was one of the things about when it was going on you know people the winning the tiger blood and stuff like that and then i would see some other footage and there was people that quote unquote your help or whatever that it kind of pissed me off from a standpoint of you know of having been around it and, and, you know, family history with my dad, it was people that fueled him. And it's just like somebody should have just like, yeah, hey, you know what? You might fire me, but I love you and I don't want you to die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was one guy out there and I and I um, I developed such a resentment against him because I knew he was right. Um, and I guess I don't know a whole lot about him. I think maybe people died in his rehab or that's. I wasn't there. It's none of my business. But um, uh, Pinsky, right? Mm. Dr. Drew. Yeah. He was the only guy out there like going on the news or going on the talk shows and saying, here's what's going on with him. And I was, you know, of course, you don't know me and <laughs> we've never met. How can you, you, you know, diagnose me? Um, so, yeah. So he was he was there, man. He was out there. Um, but the, <laughs> the the idea of of our paths crossing or me actually taking pause to to get in the same room with him that was i would have sooner uh, walked on the moon in what i'm wearing yeah. right you know yeah so <laughs> uh, and anyone that's deep in the disease knows that that part of your brain is like you fuck off you have no idea what you're talking about go away this guy you know yeah. but i mean you're in a state of psychosis i mean don't you think that's kind of where you were too carlos yeah, I was, I was, I was in my world. I mean, nobody, nobody could have done. It. I had loving parents and family, and everybody tried, and they tried so many times. Um, I mean, it got to the point they just didn't believe in me no more. You know, I would mm. knock on the doors, hungry, wanting some food, and they slam the door in my face. You know, and just because I deserve it. I mean, they tried. I lost two marriages because of it. You know, relationships with my kids. I've been in jail uh, numerous times, and. But so many people tried, um, even my best friends, my two best friends, they, I never partied with them, and they were around. But when I was hard in, into my shit, they stayed away. You know, yeah. the people that loved me could not be around me, because, and I didn't want to be around, be around them anyways, because I was a mess, right? So, sure. um, but they, they tried. Um, it was just me, it was just, I wasn't ready, and I think anybody in addiction knows that no one can tell you to stop until you're absolutely ready. Yeah. And, um, to me, you know, I call that chapter the night in my book. You know, it was just one night when it all turned turned around for me, and I said, you know what, I have to find that long-lasting change, and, and I did. So, 14 years later, here I am. Good for you. Wow. Now you talk about, uh, of course, loved ones. Um, 
because I'm curious, a lot of the folks that we just, uh, talk with, Charlie, there's there's always something in childhood that kind of, you, you, if you dig back and you've done a little bit of the work that makes a little bit of sense to a certain extent, you know? Was it, you know, I mean, obviously growing up in a famous family, um, you know, your dad had some recorded stuff too, of course, of, of, of his, you know, some of his history, but what was it like for you with that? Because you really started pretty early on in life jumping into this crazy business, you know, show business. I did. So do you think it was part of that way of growing up too that also played into it, created some of those insecurities or? or I think, well, I I, I had a pretty normal childhood, uh, except for, you know, traveling most of the world with dad on his locations. Mm -hmm. He he always put in his contract that the, the whole family would get plane tickets to, that's why my parents are married, the 60, Right. Two years, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I played baseball. Um, it, it was just, it was, uh, but but I, there was a group that was, you know, a couple years older than me that, that were close to me, you know, neighborhood guys that happened to be, you know, Rob Lowe, Sean Penn, right. and Emilio, uh, and, and Judd was around. And so I was... Just, I, I, I was still in high school watching these guys have in, in incredible instant overnight success. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, earned, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'd go out and, you know, I'd, I'd kind of be, you know, the little brother in the corner and there with all the girls in the thing, you know, the, you yeah. know, everything, everything awesome and shiny. Um, and I, and I, and I did make several vows uh, in those moments that that I was going to eclipse all of them and mm-hmm. and show them how it was really done. Right. Did that go a little far? Maybe. Um, <laughs> Ultimately, uh, mission accomplished. Right? Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, but so yeah, so it did it 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 did ignite something in me that uh, that I, I maybe as an athlete that that competitive thing, sure, you know. Yeah. Um, but man. You can't, you can't warn anybody. You can't really tell someone what something's going to be like until they're actually in the middle of it. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you can't, you know, I mean, uh, you know, some of the greatest hitters, you know, we've seen, we've seen them hit hundreds of home runs and, and you ask them, you know, what's it like to hit a home run? And yeah, they can lay it out, lay, lay out the physics for you and maybe some of the, you know, the emotional component, but, but until you do it, you don't know what it feels like, yeah. right? So it's it's there's something similar. Um, I hate to call it fame. It just that sounds so just uh, goopy. That's goopy still a word. I mean, but it's fame though, right? That's, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I I I just um, I don't know. I I. Um, yeah, I wanted to be part of that so badly. And then when it finally happened, you know, there's never that moment to reflect on the few steps right before the arrival, right. you know. Um, and so, yeah, and I, and, I, and I tell people, you know, you, you know I'll t- t- talk to, you know, young actors and musicians or whatever and and you can kind of you can see it in someone you can kind of see that that this is this could be a person that is is going to be known for what they do and yeah. known by a lot of people you know and and they'll ask me for, like advice you know hey man what do you think i should do and the thing and i'm like yeah you know um 
keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> um, good luck. Uh, if it goes really bad and you still have my number, reach out. You know, <laughs> but you can't really give me an. Inv- I mean, there's there is advice I I give to you know to to, to my daughter's friends that, that ask me. You know, I'm like, okay, just for starters, um, and this is not a knock on either one of us. Sure. I tell them no tattoos. Um, yeah, we're out. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> right. No tattoos, no cigarettes, uh, no crack. You know, just, <laughs> just no because stay off the, the ink in the pipe. Yeah, thank good, you. Yeah. Stay yeah. off the ink in the pipe. That's a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> but ten percent uh, of those royalties, Carly. Yes, done. Um, I'm 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 kind of all over the place here. But, that's all um, right. Uh, but let's bring it back. A, yeah, re- hit, refocus this, a, please. Hitting a home run is fucking awesome for anyone that hasn't done it. So hopefully people get to play Little League. But um, let's talk about, you, you bring up fame. So when things really started taking off, of course, people know a lot of the big name movies, which we do want to get in on some fun stories. But, you know, there's a lot of smaller projects that people don't realize. You, you know, they go, oh, well, you know, son of, of Martin Sheen and brother of Emilio Estevez. But it, you busted your freaking ass off early on you were doing a lot of projects a lot of auditions you weren't getting them handed to you no you know thank you um, i think thank the earliest you. thing i remember no you weren't credited in apocalypse now but you, there was some footage of that right with uh for coppola when your dad was on that yeah that was a lie um i needed to fill a resume oh when i started auditioning the story. Uh, in, the, okay. in the summer of, of 83 it was right after high school because i People say, yeah, he dropped out. No, I finished, man. I didn't completely finish, but I was I was a point and a half shy. And they were like, you got to go to summer school. And it was my first summer of freedom since I was like four. Mm-hmm. And and I said, no, 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 no. Let me, um, well, first of all, I tried to get some points from Barrera, a guy I grew up with, because he had like 220. You need 200. I, you know, I was a point and a half shy. Mm-hmm. They said, you can't have Barrera's points. I'm like, whatever. And so... My parents said, we got to go to summer school. I said, no, no, no. All right. Let me audition this first summer. If it's a disaster, then I'll I'll go back, get those points, and I'll go to college, and I'll study film. And they were like, all right, good luck. And so uh, <laughs> I got the first freaking job that I went on, not having a clue about really what I was doing. My My training ground was watching Dad on a set and then us mimicking that, making Super 8 films with that neighborhood crew. Yeah. You know, so we kind of understood the process, sure, but didn't completely uh, have a sense of what it was going to be like. Suddenly, action. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, but uh, so I had to have this resume to go to these auditions, and I just made shit up. <laughs> you know, I I starred in plays I'd never even read, <laughs> and there was a casting lady who was like, "Oh, we did a production of that at the Lancashire," and, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I can't focus on that yeah. right now. I got to learn these make lines, it you know. Make it, right? Yeah, <laughs> to be yes. or, or not to go there. Yeah. So, so <laughs> the apocalypse thing. Uh, Emilio was in it for like ten seconds. Okay, and I'm like, yeah, I was there for eight months, and they're not. It was dark. They're not gonna know. All right, they're not gonna know. All these years here, I was. I thought I was like, oh, what is that him? <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I did spend eight months in the Philippines oh. during apocalypse, so I kind yeah. of. 
you know, that's yeah. a forgivable resume yeah. lie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We could go into that forever and, and the documentary about it. It's one of my all-time favorite films. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Phenomenal. But yeah. I'm a big Coppola fan. Anyways, we could segue off that for forever. Um, let's talk about what do you think the first, like, you know, you got, you got the first project made for TV movie? I don't no, recollect. Uh, no, the first thing, first thing was Grizzly 2. The, oh, The okay. Predator. Okay. Yeah, which I just, unless I dreamed this, I don't think I did. I think it's on Apple. It's TV? On, it's on oh. iTunes. Okay. Yeah, I think it, like, after all these years, they, they put it up there. Because it's me and George Clooney and Laura Dern. And there we are, like, on this, in this terrible video box thing. And I'm like... I didn't even watch the preview. I didn't. I couldn't get to the remote fast enough, you know. Um, but yeah, and then while I was in Hungary, um, uh, I got the call that I had gotten the role in Red Dawn. Yes. Because oh, yeah, I auditioned for that right before I left town. Yeah. 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 How did that feel? Getting that call. It was. It was cool. Like the first five minutes, and then. Um, George and I, <laughs> George and I, um, Clooney and I uh, hit hit a few bars, and because you know he's he's you know mature and responsible, he goes home. They find me somewhere. I'm out there in the streets of Budapest trying to um, find a chicken, not a not a live one, but just a cooked chicken because we heard a rumor there was this place where the guy cooked them all night and this and that. So we didn't find the chicken. Came back, probably the third worst hangover ever. He's like, he's like what were the first two? Um, we'll get to those but, later. But yeah, I celebrated getting Red Dawn trying to find a, a, a chicken in Budapest. I mean, gosh, uh, we have different lives. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? There's nothing, there's nothing glamorous about that, is there? You, like, well, I mean, not, not even, even not glamorous, but that is a hell of a story. You know, we're in Budapest, we're trying to find a chicken, a cooked and, chicken. And, and but, Laura was with me. Laura Durham was with me. Right. Like trying the whole time to get me back to the hotel. There's always that person when we're having the most fun right <laughs> like the night's over i'm like i don't see the sun <laughs> so sound familiar <laughs> we've done that a couple of times when i was still drinking but um anyways uh, so red dawn comes about really kind of a, you know you're supporting role of course patrick swayze you know main character of that but things really start to kind of take off more from there so now are you getting more where instead of going auditions people are asking you to come in an audition no not yet and there was a there was a crucial um uh, moment in and around uh, grizzly and red dawn and I was only home for like three weeks maybe two weeks before we had to go to santa fe uh, I'm sorry, uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico, the other Las Vegas. Um, and um, not so glamorous, and, <laughs> Las Vegas. Wow. Um, yeah, the, the, it's the, there's stories there. It's the reason I haven't written my book yet, you know, because it's it's the 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 really cool stuff is 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 yet to happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the salacious this and that, and all the, you know, all the special effects and pyrotechnics. That's yeah, I can write that fine, but I'm not. I think it'd be irresponsible to write a rock and roll memoir, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I get this one audition before I leave, and it's at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm working on the scene, and I can't really figure it out because my character doesn't have any dialogue. And this other character, 
uh, this ancient Japanese man, he has even less. And so I go in, and you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. And I auditioned for John Avildsen, and and he's coming off a of Rocky, you yeah. know. And I tank the audition, and I get back to my manager's manager agent, her apartment in Santa Monica, and I'm like, let me get a beer. That was a freaking mess. And she's like, ah, you get them next time. And the freaking phone rings. And it's 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 them. It's it's the casting lady and Avelson saying, "How soon can he get into karate training?" Oh, this karate kid. kid. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah. Did you pass by Ralph Macchio at the audition or something? I think he tells a story where he saw Sheen and he's like, "Oh shit." No, Ralph had the job. Oh, okay. And Avelson came west to see if anybody could unseat him, could could, could do something different or better or whatever, you know. And yeah. so. So he tells a story that we saw each other. Yeah, I want to say, and I could be misquoting, I swore there was something, or maybe he had heard that they were talking he to you or something like heard. that. He probably heard, yeah, yeah. And so I went to my dad and I said, hey, um, they want me to start karate training. This could be the next big thing in Hollywood. This could be my moment, you know? And he says, yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. It was, I'm wrong. It was right before Budapest. Yeah, I got that confused. Okay. Um, cut. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he said, Dad said, um, okay, so uh, can you just do this thing in, in Budapest, you know, with the bear, and then, <laughs> and then start the other thing, you know? And we tried to do that, and they said, no, you got to start today. So I went back to Dad, and I said, um, I think I can F off the, the grizzly thing and just go into Miyagi-Ville, you know? Yeah. And and he was like, well, did, but you gave them your word. They're counting on you. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a thing with a bear and, and, and you know, these unknown actors I'll be working with. And he says, your word in this business is going to last a lot longer than one big film. Yeah. So I did the thing and then, you know, Red Dawn. And then after that, um, I I had to watch as that film and Ralph. And it just, it was, it was... And it was ex it was extra day. galactic, yeah, 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 and so, but I guess the other side of that is you know no disrespect to Ralph at all, sure, he's he's brilliant, um, but then having to be that guy for for a very long time, yeah, well, it's kind know? of it reminds me of the and you know because you've worked with so many talented people, but there's people that fall into that. Uh, one of them pops in my head, one of my all time favorites because I love voiceover acting too. Mark Hamill, of course, Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, but kind of had that thing too. It's like, oh, here, here comes Luke fucking Skywalker. You know, people didn't give him other opportunities outside of that because it was right. so iconic. Sure. Did you ever hit a point with that, especially after, for example, I mean, you know. I'm sure you probably dealt with drunk people or over the years going, Ricky Vaughn, wild thing, what's going on, man? Yeah, that that that's actually a, a very accurate. Uh, <laughs> Nailed that. Great, great yeah. Accurate, yeah. Um, I know that guy. Um, yeah, it's it's and it's not sad. It's just it's just you know it's it's just surrendering to to, to the reality of of another situation. I I stopped going to baseball games. Huh. Yeah, because I, I spend the whole game staring at my hands, right? Signing yeah. baseballs. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you can't say no to these kids coming up. Sure. And then, come on. And so, so yeah. And then I'll spend a ton of dough on the great seats, and then I get run out of there, and then I go into a box, and then 
I'm, I'm in a box, I don't smoke anymore, but at the time, I'm in a box where I can't smoke, watching it on TV, and I'm like, why didn't I stay home? <laughs> why didn't I just freaking stay home? You paid you to know? sign an autograph. <laughs> exactly. Kind of reverse exactly. idea of it. Exactly. Because people um, don't really know that you, maybe don't know, but you have such a huge love for baseball. I do. I do. Yeah. Where did it start with? What players? Was it Was it dad a baseball It was fan? dad. Yeah. 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 And he was a, a Reds fan. Really? Yeah, and so I fell in love with the Reds like in '74, and then okay. the next two years, you know, World Series champs and all this stuff, and then, then the drought, you know, <laughs> the droughts. We finally make the playoffs last <laughs> right. season, and and don't score. Yeah, don't score. I, yeah, I remember there were some hopeful times of the, the the late '80s, early '90s players like Barry Larkin and you know oh, yeah. stuff like that. There was some hope for them, but it just eh, well, they yeah. won it in '90. Right. You know, so up until this past season, um, they had won a World Series uh, earlier or sooner right. than the Dodgers had. Right. You know. Yeah. I uh, can't say that anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, uh, it's, it's. I, I started playing, and people talk about, you know, when someone picks up a baseball, you either know instantly how to handle it and throw it, or it's just something that doesn't, it doesn't fit with your thing, you know? Right. Um, and I, and I did, and I was never, you know, I, I, I wasn't built, well, look at the athletes today, I mean, right. you know, you got linebackers playing shortstop, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just a whole different science, oh, isn't it? Oh, um, God, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at it across the board in any sport, LeBron James, is, people don't realize how large a human being he is to move the way he does. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant, we could go on and on in multiple sports, it's just... The athlete it's, of today. It's absolutely insane. DK Metcalf, who plays for the Seattle Seahawks. Sure. I can't stand the Seahawks, but that dude is a freaking monster. Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, it's definitely Yeah, he was throwing a fit on the sidelines the other day. I don't blame him, though. I don't blame him. And then him, he though. caught a touchdown, like, two plays later. I had my money on Seattle, too, and they lose the first round in the playoffs. So like, okay, you know, uh, whatever. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I'm actually kind of curious myself as to <clears throat> when, when did the partying start? Oh, okay. Like, when when was the first beer? When was the first joint? You know, like, how did that get going? Because you said Red Dawn called, then you went out, celebrated a couple of bars, so it was clearly before <laughs> that. Right. So and how when, old were you at that time? Sorry to cut you off. No, no. Uh, 18. Okay. 18. Oh, okay. 18. Yeah, but it started, um, whew. First joint was at uh, 10. But it was Malibu, man. That was a, you know. It was I was a gonna say it's not really like frowned upon, you know. No, beach. no. And your friend's dad was growing it, and it was like right across right. the gully, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it. Um, that, but then the booze didn't show up till you know because nobody could get any booze like in junior high school. Sure. Or they call right. it uh, middle school rather. Um, right. And so. But it was just beer, you know, Mickey's Big Mouth, and, uh, you know, I know we all drank seven and puked and couldn't. Bathtub's full of Big Mouth, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm getting sick just thinking about it. But the partying was actually um, interrupted for a while during junior high and during high school because of baseball. Mm. You know, that I was on the team and I was doing well and I was pretty good. Um, So I didn't, I couldn't, I just didn't, it didn't fit in. It didn't yeah. fit in. You know, there was like, there was a respect for the athletes and you wanted to show up and right. do your best. And, and um, yeah, you couldn't, you, you just couldn't do both, mm-hmm. you know. And so 
it didn't really start to to take hold until um, until I started doing work on location mm. because then there was no one to like check on you yeah you know there was no one to to, to show up unexpectedly right. are we know? talking about movies like like platoon era and stuff like that or are we talking um, a little bit later on a little bit before you know we were, we were we were drinking a little bit on on um yeah boys next door okay me and matthew were uh we were going for, or max rather sorry we we're going yeah. pretty deep um and but you know that was uh, Penny Spheris directed that, and sure. at one point she came into the trailer and she's like, "Guys, okay, you haven't you know we haven't derailed this yet, but I see where this is going." So you know there was somebody there, yeah, someone there to 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 slow it down a little, you know. Sure. Um, platoon. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we only partied like the first week, and then once we got literally into the jungle. Um, we went from training right to the first day of shooting, right. and it, there was you were so tired, so exhausted, um, emotionally, physically, um, and and platoon was a trip because I was going back to the Philippines, you know, just nine years later, sure, to then you know do another do my own War story, movie. yeah, and and narrate it. It's yeah. just it's just crazy that that would happen, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then. Um, uh, Aitman Out was a mess. I can remember catching like one fly ball in three months. <laughs> I know I caught more, but that's, I was, you know, I, I was in the background the whole time. So I just had a, 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 you know, a pocket full of Percocet and booze in the, in the, in the trailer. Right. You know, um, you didn't have to make contact every, every swing. <laughs> right. You know? We, we can cut around that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, but then Wall Street got, 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 a little, got a little deeper because by the time I got to Wall Street, it was like Platoon had come out. We won those awards and the thing, you know, things were starting to cook. And so I had a ton of resentment because I was stuck in New York with Oliver, you know, making another movie with him. And it really was getting in the way of enjoying this first tsunami of the platoon success. Right. And so I think that affected a lot of the work in Wall Street. I watch it now and I'm like, yeah, okay, hammered, uh, hammered again. Oh, geez, really hammered. Um, you know, I mean, I was able to, to, I don't want to say scrape by, but uh, I was able to, as a friend of mine likes to say, uh, run between the raindrops. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, but God, again, again, the energy, the work, the the commitment to that is, it's debilitating, you know. Yeah. No, and I I know what you're talking about. Having had a 20 year radio broadcasting career, that if I probably went back and listened, be like, oh, fuck, I probably stopped drinking about 45 minutes before I started doing that, you know. <laughs> wow. So, um, but uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about Wall Street, because of course, you know, your dad was in there as well, but also working with Michael Douglas. Was there a point? I mean, and of course. Oliver, uh, you know, he had his own run of stuff. Was there a sure. point that either of those gentlemen kind of called you on your shit and that? Because you had a lot of dialogue with your dad. Um, dad, yeah. Well, once Dad showed up, I, I, I knew it was, you know, it was, it was a different energy. It was. So you were wearing that different role for your dad, exactly. Like you talking about exactly, yeah. But but also, you know, honoring the process and the film and the role and sure. all that stuff and and the opportunity, right? You know, um. Yeah, it's that there there were some moments, uh, you know, sitting in rehab or <laughs> this flamed out or that went bad or that person left and you're sitting there and you're and you're just thinking or I was thinking that 
this was not part of 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 what I imagined as a child <laughs> right. to have a dream life. This 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 moment didn't didn't exist in that yeah. <laughs> that tapestry of of awesome. You know, well, I think it's good that you bring that up, and also talking about shame too. Is that for anyone that all of us that seek sobriety sit there in that I didn't picture life. This is not what I dreamed of. Right. Uh, for me, it most certainly wasn't, you know, the puking every morning, you know, for a month consistently or whatever. Um, that shame and that it, it's okay to go, hey, my plan didn't go as I expected. Uh, you know, as they say, uh, you know, uh, tell God or just tell life in general your plan and see who laughs. Sure. You know, <laughs> so it's kind of, I think, killing some of that shame too, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. Um but where was I <laughs> right before that? You, so you were talking about the point of, of being in rehab and, and thinking oh, about oh, that oh, this wasn't the yeah. life you envisioned as a child. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we rally and we're like, okay, as soon as, as, soon as I get out of here and then, you know, this is going to be different. That's going to be different. This is going to change. That person's going to change, you know. And yeah. uh, a lot of that doesn't happen, right? You know. Let me ask you, um, so, Charlie, when you say you went to rehab, when the first time that you had to go to rehab or you went to rehab, was that your choice, or you had to push no, required to? Like, how tell got, that story of how that happened? When I you got inter that? intervened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I thought I was going to my dad's fiftieth uh, birthday party. Of yeah, at his at at their house. And I'd been up all night, and I managed to get like you know that that twenty minute nap, Power you nap. know, yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I got there, and it was it was just kind of weird that the party was started at nine a.m. I'm like, all right, maybe they maybe they got somewhere to be. You Day know. drinking, <laughs> all about it. All right, all right. So I show up, and my mom comes out, and she she says, "Hi, sweetie, good to see you. Um, are you armed?" Huh? Crazy. I said, yeah, I'm always armed. What, what, the, the, I mean, I'm not anymore, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But she's like, could you, could you, could you leave your your gun in the car? I'm like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Put the gun in the car, and I come in. And there's no balloons. There's no cake. There's no anything that speaks screams party. You know, yeah. birthday party. And I kind of come into the living room, and there's my yoga teacher, my history teacher. Um, Rob, Emilio, maybe an uncle, um, and there's some guy named Ed I've never met, <laughs> and there's one spot open on the couch, and they leave me in and sit me down, and and as hard as I was going, like the week leading up to that, you're not sure if you've already died, right. if you're on the other side, if this is your wake. If you're dreaming, if it's a nightmare, if it's, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it's, it's hard to, couldn't get any footing. So after about a half hour, they were going around talking about, they were already talking about, about me like, like I was dead. And I, I, you know, and, and yeah, I was probably still high from the night before. And then it dawned on me, oh shit, this is, oh, there's something at the, on, the, on the other side of this presentation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going home today. Uh, yeah, so that was the first time. Um, but again, did it for all those people. You sure. know, and Sorry, how and, old were you the first time? Uh, 
Support for Knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped, they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Hey, Mikey, you ever, like, cut your face when you're shaving and then you got to do the little, like, pin thing or put the tissues on it? Oh, yeah, a little piece of toilet paper there. Wouldn't you want to avoid that for your Johnson? Because we don't want to have any cuts, nicks, scratches, or scrapes. Well, that's happened before, and let me tell you, it's the fucking worst. <laughs> there is nothing worse. But uh, it would be even worse to have that tissue on your sack if you nicked yourself. That's right. You want to impress that significant other and be all groomed and trimmed and ready to go whenever hibbity-dibbity starts. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. That's right. And check it out. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself, all right? Let's get that bush to tush clean. Rooter to the tutor. Get 20% off free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. That's right. And when I tell you it is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Plus, it's got an LED light. How cool is that? Which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Well, they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, so that ain't half bad, Jason. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code KDD. Your balls will thank you. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. Well, Dad's 80, so 30... 25. 25. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the math? Did you see how quickly the math? That was good. Carried the two. (laughs) Add the six. (laughs) If you don't mind me asking, Charlie, were you at uh, at that point? Were you, um, I mean, you knew you had a problem. Did you believe you had a problem when that happened? Or were you Um, still in denial? Or were you trying to hide it at that point? I was too young to have a problem. You know yeah. what I'm saying? In my yeah. mind, I was like, come on, we're just, we're just getting going here. Just having fun. Yeah. Well, because it was probably very socially acceptable being in the life that you're in you're sure. around actors you're in movies this is what we do right what do you mean i'm not i'm, I'm only 25 i'm not gonna never drink again right you know right. so i'm sure that that was probably going through your head too sure yeah um and i just come off a film with clint eastwood called the rookie, rookie. Mm-hmm. yeah great great script clint's amazing um but somehow that didn't I, I think he was already focused on Unforgiven, <laughs> which is the film he did right after that, yeah. you know? Um, anyway, at the very end of that, um, I was still kind of like, no, no, you guys are wrong. Come on, let's not, oh, everybody's overreacting. And, and then Dad said, there's a phone call for you. And it was Clint. Oh, shit. It was Clint Eastwood. 
So you just, he's, hey, Charlie, yeah. he's like, you got to go get some help, kid. Uh, and how do you, I mean, do it, what, what is, the, there's one right answer to that. Right. right yeah. You got it. Yes, sir. I'm you not know? even abusing anything right now, but if he asked me to go again today, I'd be like, sure, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, right. on my way. <laughs> you got to clip. Because <laughs> he's not wrong about that. Yeah. Clint no, yeah, come yeah. on. Uh, God damn it, Mikey. All right, get but, yourself down there and rehab. <laughs> but I got to this. I'm not, you're too close. You're a little off on that one. But yeah, that's Grand Torino. No, that's Grand Torino, Clint. That is Torino. Yeah, that's Torino. That is Torino. Yeah. I do, yeah. I do yeah, okay, a page okay, appropriate, Clint. Wow. Sorry to cut you off. I just love No, I, they sent me to this low-rank shithole freaking... I'm sorry, I can't say shithole you anymore. Could, could no, because I'm talking about something that was a shithole. <laughs> um, I thought you meant for the podcast. I was like, no, go ahead. <laughs> and it was kind of in a hospital that looked broken down and haunted and forgotten and we're in there. And so I was running with a, with a group of guys at the time and we had this big plan that weekend to uh, host a, a judge, a bikini contest in Palm Springs, right? And so... <laughs> So, and, and Nick Cage was part of the crew, you know, and they were already down there. Right. So um, I told this nurse, because I, I, I wasn't there, um, but there was nothing legal yet. And I said, I got I to gotta get to Palm Springs. My, my crew is waiting for me. They're, they're, these people are counting on us with this, <laughs> this contest. And she's like, no, if you leave, you're going to die. If you leave, you're going to die. I'm like, that's a little dramatic. <laughs> So I said, all right, how about this? I'll be back here Monday morning at 8 a.m. or I owe you a million dollars. And she was like, you bullshitting me, boy. I said, no, I will shake on it. If, I'm, if I show up at 8.01 and don't, don't lock the door when you see me walking up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't make me show up at 8. Um, <laughs> I said, I will give you a million dollars. And she said, deal. So I got my shit together and got down to Palm Springs and we had one, see, because I had to have that last yeah, thing yeah, that I controlled. Your closure with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, was, I was back that Monday at uh, like 7.15 and she was just shaking her head, man. She was happy I didn't die and I was back, but you could see. She, <laughs> she, she was bummed out she didn't get the million. <laughs> she had the whole weekend to plan spending that yeah. cash, and I took that away from her. She's like, you know? How many fucking commas is that? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, it was that one last thing. Um, so that's kind of the long version of the first rehab experience. But then I still had to control it. I still had to, you know, tell them what I thought was right. And I, I left there kind of AMA, you know, and um, I don't know, man, I, I, I went to a pawn shop and bought a saxophone and wound up on a bus and I, that everything had changed. I hadn't been on a bus in years and the thing to put the, the coin, it was a robot, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And they're literally chasing me. The, the orderlies are chasing me from the hospital. Anyway, um, called my assistant. I met him at Zucky's. We went through the phone book and I found a place that would do outpatient. And it was uh, it was right off Canaan, you mm -hmm. know, and I and I went there. I went there the same day, you know. It's like I guess I was feeling, you know, like okay, this is this is something I can do, but I just don't want to live in this broken down hospital. It was horribly depressing, mm -hmm. but doing it my way, doing it my way, sure. forcing my will, all that stuff. Um, but I stayed sober for a year, and then. 
I was at Nick's house, and uh, he, hasn't, he, he was asleep, but, oh, God, what was the date? Anyway, whatever my date used to be, um, he had a Foster's lager in his fridge, and I'd seen it the night before, and I knew I had a year the next day. And so I was up early, and, no, you know, there was no lock on the fridge. I'm like, well, let's celebrate a year. <laughs> and then didn't drink for a couple months, and then out at out in restaurants and, you know, d d dinners and social stuff, just couldn't have been more uncomfortable. Yeah. Couldn't have, you know what I'm saying? Just, it yes. just, it was, I just boredom, knew. I, a lot of boredom. That, that was yeah, boredom. or just, I knew that, my that job. That was always my, I, I don't deal with boredom good at, uh, well at all. You're a little bored and I start thinking about that drink or that, or that drug, I should say. But, yeah. Yeah, but, sure. uh, but what I started doing is, you know, uh, bribing waitresses and waiters to put wine in a coffee mug. You know what mm. I'm saying? So I could be seen out and I'm still, you know, because everybody knew I'd gone to rehab. Right. I could still, and you start sneaking it and you, it's, it's, it's such, it's so, it's so diluted because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm really putting one over on all of them, but what are you really doing? Yeah. You know, it's, and, then you have to, then there's that whole secondary phase where you come back to your family and you're, you're like, okay, hey, thanks for that intervention. Sorry you spent all that money. I did a year, but you know, I think I can manage this. I think, I think I'm, I think, you know, I, I went through all that, never doing, you know, all that ecstasy again, you know, not drinking any more, you know, brown liquor, right? <laughs> brown brings me down, white makes yeah. me right. Um, yeah. And so... Yeah, and and again, it's 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 the performance aspect of yeah. it. It's you know, yeah, playing those different roles, uh, hiding the action. Do you do you think that we play those different roles too, so we don't have to end up feeling the shame? Because if in our minds we justify like you did for dad, you played this role for dad, you did this one for mom, maybe for Emilio, maybe for for Rob. When you say Rob, I'm assuming Rob Lowe. He was at were, the intervention, yeah, because yeah, he he'd gone just before me, and I think he had like eight months. Yeah, and he was raving about it. Yeah. But Rob, you know, looks awesome, hammered or sober, and so he was a chameleon with that stuff. You sure. Know? Yeah. Sure. He's a handsome fella. He but, is. But, yeah. I was, but I was like you, and Mikey can tell you, you know, was that socially uncomfortable. Wow. So I had to. Wow. I had to do that too. Yeah. You know, but then after that, I was like, that chick, I'm going to go talk to her. She'll go out with me. And if she doesn't, who cares? Her friend will. So I know, sure. you know, I know that same anxiety gives me that kind of flashback of, of having to, to, you know. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's that thing we talked about earlier about writing a story about what a situation is going to be like because you're just convinced and unless, you know, th this is added, then it's, it's you're miserable, yeah. you know. And then, but I tell people, I'm like, all right, stop writing stories you don't know the end to. Go through the experience, you own the experience, and then the next time you approach something similar, you got, you got tools, you yeah. got knowledge, you got, you, got, you, you yeah. know, um, and then <laughs> I've given all this great advice and I'm, you know, I got to do something that same day. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. If I go there, this will happen for sure. Yeah. And then I'm like alone talking to myself, dude, you just told this other person, <laughs> don't do that. You know, it's like, I've, I've always believed yeah. that can't is the cancer of happen, right? Yeah. Unless, you know, you, you apply like really obvious stuff to that. You know, I can't 
um, fly jets, right? I can't split atoms. I can't, uh, you know, just stuff that's, that's, that's based in reality. Sure. You know? But people so often lead with can't, and I think it smothers, it smothers a part of us that, it's, that doesn't get to grow, you know? I mean, your guys' thoughts, fear-based. It's, yeah. yeah. Very much fear-based. It is. Um, you know, I, actually it was you, Carlos, that when we had a talk, when I was first starting to get towards my sobriety and Carlos had been a mentor to me prior to us working together, you know, been friends over a decade, but, um, was, yeah, I understand you're afraid of what it's like to be you without booze in your life. Right. You know, that's one thing for, with me though, I always, I always believed that I was more than what I was doing at the time. Right. So 13 years of using I mean, I would party with people and I would party hard, so party so hard they were scared to ha- hang out with me and they were like hardcore lifers, you know? And, and so they would always look at me and say, Carlos, you know, I would tell them like, ah, after this bag or whatever, I'm gonna eventually have to stop. I gotta get back to my company, I gotta get back to my wife at the time or whatever. And they would tell me, hey, Carlos, just, just accept it. And you can't, you can't fight it. You're gonna be a, you know, a drug addict forever. In my mind, I was like, no, maybe that's what they believe in themselves. But to me, <laughs> I always believed that one day I was going to overcome it. But it got bad. It got so bad that uh, book talks about it. You know, the uh, pistol, uh, barrel of the pistol. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, got, it got pretty bad for me where I, talk, I thought to myself at one, at one point, you know what, maybe I can. Maybe I can get out of this. But, uh, but I go back to, you know, my childhood. You know, I created the whole brand 5150 because my childhood... I mean, I was like you, a normal kid, you know, sports year round, you know, MVP, you know, I was class president, all that kind of good stuff. And then, but man, drugs just really, I mean, my, my drug of choice was cocaine. I, I hit it, I hit it hard, you oh, know, yeah. buying pounds at a, town, at a time. And I would party with everybody that, you know, all the stra- strangers or whatever. And um, just constantly people would tell me, Carl's just accepted. This is who you, you are. You can't fight, you know, don't fight it. You can't. And I always, deep down inside, believed that one day I would overcome it. And it wasn't easy, but I, I finally did. Yeah. yeah, no, I have a very vivid memory. I had this really nice condo in a big building on Wilshire and, um, you know, still had enough people around to co-sign everything that I wanted to do. And um, at that point, I was pretty much just living in pajamas, leisure suits, who cares about <laughs> fucking clothes, you know. <laughs> and there was a moment, um, you know, I was, I was, I got in deep into this... Um, Absolute uh, pepper? Does that they still make that? I the hot vodka, oh. spicy vodka. Yeah, <laughs> they I don't make that now. I don't must. know. I don't, they must. Know, it's been been over a year, so I couldn't tell you. Well, I was I was needing you know amounts that that would would, would kill normal people. Sure, we all know. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a big water glass, and. And I, I, I hit it pretty good. I actually downed it. And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. And I'm looking for that thing. And it, and it wasn't there. And I, and I remember, and I was alone. And I was like, okay, well, this is, this is suddenly hopeless. Because I'm never going to feel that again. But I'm also never going to stop doing that again. And those moments existed in the same place. Wow. And it was like, and I've never been suicidal. You sure, know, right, right. Um, just luckily... You know, it's one thing, you know, that wasn't woven into my quilt. Um, but, um, but yeah, if I guess if there is was going to be a moment where that was the the only solution, it was right there and then. You know, sure. but I get that. 
I, I suddenly understood complete and total despair in an environment that was superstar. Sure. You know? Um, but it's, uh, but then it's like, all right, we're never supposed to forget those, those life-changing yeah. moments. And then, you know, a month later, <laughs> there we are. Right. Right? It is just, uh, it's crazy, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, I'll go ahead, no, I was just going to say that, that, um, why I'm, I'm so excited about just being alive right here, right yeah. now, today. And, and the, and the journey I've been on for, you know, I've done anything for, for for three years, you know, um, and but the, but it wasn't, you know, uh, I didn't hijack a blimp and wind up on the news, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't crash a car through City Hall, you know, there was yeah. nothing, there was no like super dramatic cataclysmic event, um, I and I had I had had a really bad thing on my birthday, Darren was there. Um, and we did the Field of Dreams thing, sure. you know, and I started drinking, like, I don't know, a couple days before and just kept going. And I, I, I took on Wade Boggs in a drinking contest and was leading at one point. So that's how hard I was going, you know. And, and then just kind of the, my next memory is waking up in a hotel room, missing a couple teeth. They're fake anyway. And um, girlfriend's gone. And I don't know what city I'm in. Fuck. I had to call the desk and say, what city is this hotel in? They were like, Dallas. I'm like, damn, my last memory was Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so uncool. And, and just luckily, luckily, I didn't have a sense of time. I knew it was dark. I knew we had to leave in the morning. And I called the guys, I need tequila up here, like now. And, and he brought it, and, and then he said, uh, you missed cutoff by a minute. So I was almost about to go into full <laughs> freaking DTs yeah. in Iowa, Dallas. Um, <laughs> everybody gone, teeth gone, girl gone, <laughs> geography gone. So yeah, so anyway, so that was September. So that, I kind of came home from that, and I was like, all right, okay, okay, that was just, Wow. I'm there with like these the, all these heroes from my childhood, and I remember none of it. Yeah. You know that that's yeah. that's that that's that's when you get down on yourself. That's yeah. when you're like, shit, man, shit. All you had to do was just pace yourself, yeah. <laughs> pace ourselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. What is that? Good, good, right? good fucking luck, huh? Yeah. But it was it was December 10th, and I'd forgotten that it was a Sunday, and I had, and my daughter Sam needed to go to this. Um, this appointment up in Thousand Oaks, and I was uh, in Van Nuys, and and I had to leave in an hour, and I'd already started drinking. You know, I'm a morning drinker, and that's the best time. Sorry, um, and you know, I've never I've never had a had a DUI. I've never, uh, you know, had a drunken weapons charge. I've never there's never been yeah. like that that super gnarly legal. I mean, yeah, I'd run up in court and stuff like that, right, right. but not because, you know, it didn't cost somebody their life. Right. Um, and so I call my, my, one of my best friends, Tony. I'm like, dude, you got to get here. We got to get Sam. We're going to be late. He, and he's like, you sound fine. I'm like, dude, I've already had two or three. I'm just, I can't. And so he came, got me. We picked her up, got her there on time and, and came home. This is actually the ninth. 
And I remember on the drive home with Tony driving and her in the back, and I thought, okay, this can't, this, this need, this can't happen again. You know what I'm saying? It was something very simple, but someone that you know that I adore, that I, I you know, eat a bullet for. Yeah. Sorry, take a bullet for. <laughs> eat a bullet means yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, and I and I couldn't be available for something that she needed, and it really hit me in a way that was like. Okay, okay, we can do this. We can do this, you know. And I found like a half a volume in a drawer, did that, and just kind of just stayed, <laughs> just watched TV that whole day. And then, you know what I'm saying? And then I yeah. was like, all right, okay, we're, I promised myself we're doing this. And, and, it, and, it, it, and so it began, yeah. you know. Um, and and what I what I what I have I have a a montage of and I have like these three that I that I go to that I'm not just because I don't want to incriminate anybody else um, I can't really describe what they are but yeah there are moments that I hang on to that if I decide all right it's been it's been it's been it's been a few years you know that maybe it wasn't that bad and these are now brought up. Um, like a viewmaster, remember those? Yep. Yeah, of course. And one just slides up, and it's like, and it, and it, it, it creates what I call the shame shivers. Yeah. But sometimes a shame shiver can be an asset to prevent you from if you if I can feel something from that long ago as though it just happened because of how it made me feel after. Um, if I can use that, you know, if it was if it if that moment created so much pain and destruction. And, 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 and dismay, then, then okay, I own that moment. It doesn't inform my choices today. It doesn't dictate what I, you know, how I'm perceived, received whatever, right? Sure. But if I had to go through that to own that, that image, that experience, then hell yeah, I'm going to keep it close by and call on it if I decide I got a better plan than what I'm doing today. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was a long way of saying. Yeah, no, I get it, Charlie. You're you're, yeah. you're making me remind me of what works for me. You know, um, one of the things I've learned during those 13 years, re relapsing back and forth and you know, out of rehab and so forth, is you know, when I did relapse, I would get back to where I was really fast and then worse. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you could be. No matter if you were clean for a day or a month or a year, you know, yeah. you start using again and you get back to where you were and worse really fast. And the thought, you know, you know, comes to mind. If, if ever a thought comes to mind about using, I think, my, my Lord, if I get back to where I was and even worse than where I was at, I might as well just throw everything away because I'm going to lose it all. Yeah. Because I, I, I was right there anyways. And I got beautiful kids. I got a beautiful wife now. And. Um, you know, I, with my nonprofit, my, you know, my, the Carlos Vieira Foundation, my business, I, I employ a couple thousand people. I mean, if all of a sudden I just go back to what I was, everything's gone. And, and everything, all the people that love me, and just my life's over. I know it is. So I, that's, that one thing comes back because I, I remember that night and those, those times of where I was, it scares the hell out of me so you agree keeping some of that shit close oh shit yeah but but oh, yeah. not not to where it's like we're surrounded Keep, by ghouls that no, are haunting no, us no. right Just, you got to be able to you got to be able to remind yourself why you stopped and why you're why you're clean why right. you're staying clean right. and yeah. uh and all 
And so you have to kind of scare yourself once in a while by, by thinking about those things. Now, it's been, it's been quite a bit of time now, but hey, one thing, I, I, still dream, I still got some nightmares. We call them dreams or nightmares, you know, me doing a line of coke or hitting the pipe or doing something else, wake up and it's like, did I really do that? You when know what I'm saying? You're, you're, so, you're grateful when you wake up. <laughs> right? And you realize, okay, that was just yeah. dreams because uh, it's scary. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what I wanted to say is like you kind of got the reputation of, you know, party or the bad boy, all sure. that good stuff. Did you feel like you needed to play into that even more than you wanted to maybe? To a degree, um, especially in a in a public setting. Sure. You know? sure. Um, you have but, a reputation to maintain. Kind of yeah. Uh, but I never felt, I would always see that stuff and... You know, I stopped reading anything about me. I just, I was like, what's the point? Yeah. This person doesn't know me. It's, yeah. I can tell just from the preamble, it's, the story is, is it's, it's going bad. Yeah. And then I've allowed this person to, to like hijack the moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. And right, like two seconds before that, I wasn't thinking about, I had no interest in his opinion about my behavior, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. So I kind of, yeah, I just stopped, um, Brad Pitt did that years ago. He said, hey, if, 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 all I care about is a, is a cool photo. The stories are always shit. <laughs> and he's not wrong. Yeah, he's no. not wrong. Uh, and But how many like uncool photos of Brad are there? I'm going to go with zero. I, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think he has. He's one of those annoying people who just never take bad photos. <laughs> right, right. Um, and a guy that looks like that should not be that talented. Right. You, you don't know. get both. You Thank get you. Both. You don't the hell, get Brad. <laughs> you jerk. But but on that thing, um, yeah. But I I always I I didn't feel like it was. It was a costume I never felt comfortable in. Right. It was always ill-fitted, you know. Yeah. I and and I was like, you know, because you know, we're we're I think a lot of our personality and our and and our our, our tendencies are, are are kind of formed when we're really young. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when you go through some shit really young, especially being bullied in elementary school or. You know, I had a stutter as a kid, and so I just, I knew all the freaking answers in the class. I just could never raise my hand again because what wouldn't come out? Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, And I still, a little bit as an adult, but I don't give it the power that I gave it. You know, as a child, it was this mountain, this monster, this thing, and it paralyzed me, you know? Yeah. Which, and interestingly enough, um, when I first, those first few beers, you know, speech was fluid as hell. So I was like, oh. or at least in our own brain, it yeah. sounded fluid. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, but I was like, oh, there's a solution, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that that always, and then you know the bad boy thing and all that, and I and I always felt um, that it was just kind of a lazy, convenient label mm-hmm. to 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 toss on my personal life, professional life, um, and. I would always think, God, I did all this cool shit for a long time. And there was like this one month where <laughs> things went bad and got exposed and whatever. And that's all they want to talk about. Yeah. I yeah. guess, you know, if it, yeah. le- if it bleeds, it leads, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, literally, I mean, you know, yeah. to quote yourself, yeah. you know, Tiger Blood reference. and Right. That yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, that wasn't even my material, which is another thing that was so bizarre about that really? whole thing. Yeah. I mean, people kind of know. I've never come out and said the gentleman's name. People know who it was. And I was watching highlights of him 
the night before, and the whole two and a half thing was already unraveling and whatever, and um, had a crew of guys around me, and, and we, you know, it was, it was a different kind of party because there was no booze, there was no drugs. But there was a ton of testosterone cream and a ton of working out. Yeah, and that huh. stuff, like, turned into... Sure. It, it turns into a roid rage yeah. in, in really excessive quantities. And I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, I'm getting shaved. I'll just lather more yeah, on. Yeah, because I remember there's talk about you wanting to do a Major League 3. And at, at that time, I think you were saying something like sure. that. When, the, when yes. you were using that cream, yeah. Yes. And um, so I was watching these highlights of this athlete <laughs> climb the ladder on a hitter. And I was like, I got to talk to this guy. I'm like, Tony, get him on the phone tomorrow. And he did. And in that phone call he tells me you know we're 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 different man we're not built like everybody else you know we're we're we have we have tiger blood we have adonis dna you know we are winning and i and i had this big interview like the next day <laughs> we and heard it, it yeah. <laughs> and it went from that to that <laughs> you know gotcha and if you think about like you know what are they uh, seconds and inches you know sure, and i just uh, like <laughs> like hey you know that's really cool i'm glad you, you see stuff that way all right look forward to meeting you one day and then the interview could have been all right all right this has gone bad anyway how can we fix this what's you know what's on your mind instead of what was on mine right you know yeah um so what was the point to all that? <laughs> oh, it was about the, the it was the about bad the living up to the bad yeah, boy. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, and again, if they hadn't shown up in droves, and 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 you know, if the songs weren't already on the radio, I, that that thing could have been over in like four hours. Sure. You know, and then these other guys come to me like, hey. We want to make a lot of money on your nervous breakdown with merchandising, and the only, the best way to sell all that shit is for you to go on tour, is to tell your story on tour. And I'm like, well, what is it? I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't play music. What? Yeah. I'm not a stand-up. What? What is this tour gonna look like? What? That's up to you, man. But the people need to see you in person, and you know, celebrate this, this victory. What victory over what? I lost my, you know, all my cash. The best job in the world. My kids. My sanity. What was next? Yeah. My life? Yeah. You know? The the whole just how insane the the the, the winning thing that what what who who was who who won? Yeah. Who won? Yeah. Right. You know? Not you, but like you said, there's people that are definitely trying to cash in off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then you know, when you hear that you that you you, well, you sold out the fox in Detroit in five minutes. That's a rock star moment. Sure. You're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, that's something I've never done before. Well, how do how let's try Toronto. Let's try uh, Frisco. Let's try. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I said the one. The, I said the one place I'm not going to do is LA. I'm not doing LA. <laughs> so they do. They book me at like two shows in three nights at um, at Radio City. Yeah. Do the same show at the same place <laughs> 36 hours later. You know how stupid that is? <laughs> um, but first show was a train wreck, second one we killed, you know? Yeah. But uh, that was that was the that was the child support tour, sure. basically. You sure. know? Um, but yeah, and and it's also, you know, before they rebooted the show and dude showed up and they got it going again, um, 
you know, look how many jobs were 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 almost. Uh, ter- you know, so you're referencing good. two and a half men when yeah. you say the show, yeah, yeah, destroyed, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Can, can I ask how you how did you feel about your replacement on two and a half men? How did anything I said publicly about him um, what was what was unfair? It was unfair, and I. You know, I replaced Michael Fox on on Spin City, right? You know, yeah, in yeah, a much that. less yes, publicized yeah. thing. Right. Um, his his you know Parkinson's, yeah, yeah and yeah, he just yeah. couldn't do it anymore. And they're like, we don't want to stop. Hey, what about you? And I'm like, cool. Um, so I do know that how difficult it is to come in in an established thing and something that people you know right. really liked the guy before you, you right. know. Um, and I had done the. Comedy Central roast, you know, mm-hmm. and that was kind of cool. I'd never seen a roast before, but I lied to them the whole way. I'm like, they were like, what'd you think of this guy's? And what about hers? I'm like, oh, they were awesome. They were great. I didn't want to be influenced by anything that others had done. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do any homework, you know? Yeah. I'd seen like, you know, Dean Martin and Don Rickles, sure. Jerry Lewis, you know, those, uh, <laughs> those roasts. And they were awesome. Yeah. You know? So I knew the structure of a roast. Hello. Um, <laughs> And so I thought the people that, that they got and the time we had was so cool, I invited everyone to my house. I was like, hey, let's watch this together. And then that same night, the new, the, you know, two, two, two and a half part two yeah. <laughs> um, is on that same night. And they were all like, God, he's really going to sit and... Well, first of all, they've never been invited to anybody's house that they did a roast with. Sure. But I thought, you know, because people were like... Hey man, were you offended by those jokes? I'm like, yeah, no. It was all I was in on the joke. What's wrong right. with you? You know? Yeah. How could you sit there and take all that? I'm like, well, that's it was part of my job description that yeah. night. Anyway, so we we watched the roast and we all laughed, and then and then two and a half came on, and uh, people were kind of watching me watch it more than sure, they were yeah. watching I, it. I can imagine you know? that. Yeah. And I was I was I was I was rooting for everybody. Seriously, yeah. I was. You know, because. Well, what's the point in, I mean, it's not coming back, yeah. right? And you kind of, you know, you want your ex-wife to be happy, right? Yeah. You want your kids to be safe. Yeah. Um, so I just felt like um, when, he, when he blows up the, the urn, you know, um, that should have been uh, the end of, of part one. And it just should have said to be continued. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so there, but there was things about it. It was a little cheap that they like, you know, suddenly everybody that loved me all those years was now like, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> so, so <laughs> condescending and, yeah. and, and, and critical. And it yeah. was, that was super transparent. Did you take that as a shot? And do you think that it was, uh, oh God, why is it the producer? I know you guys had a little bit of the, obviously the falling out there. There <laughs> was didn't. kind of that personal shot for a little bit. Yes. But, yeah. But it's, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, unmotivated. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was, it, that, that was just evening the score. Gotcha. And that's fine. La, la, Lori. La, yeah. yeah. Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck. Yeah. yeah. And I've, you know, I've had, I've had a, I've had a, a, a couple good moments with Chuck. Since, good. You know, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's like you don't really realize what you had until you lose it. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that was the greatest job in the world. 
Yeah. And I could still be doing it right now. <laughs> For what it's worth, I liked it better when you were on. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I tell Asia, I tell wait, we watch reruns. And uh, when you're not on, I, I just change it. It's just not the same. It's, it's really not, not. To me, it's not Thank the same. You. It's not Thank For you. sure. But, but um, yeah, with all, you know, with all these reboots and everything being about nostalgia and yeah. revisiting stuff, um, it just kind of feels like that's the one that's primed. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. really... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, just, and not not so much for us, but for the fans. Yeah, I would love to see you work with John again because I love his acting. He's uh, brilliant. Yeah, He's brilliant. I've followed yeah. him in so many damn things. You know, even when he was playing Lex Luthor and uh, you know all the sure. shit that he did, it's just no. He's you know. Well, first time we read that material together, it was it was it was magic. It was, yeah, yeah. There you was nothing. There were no notes from him to me, vice versa. There was nothing. It's it's like we had been doing it for twenty years together, yeah. you know. And 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 Chuck saw that we did it in his office, you know. Yeah. Because John had the freaking audition. Imagine that. So Chuck wanted to see the scene in his office, just the two of us. And as soon as the, John's first two lines, I was like, "Man, we're done. Why are we seeing anybody else?" Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and John and I worked together on the first Hot Shots. Yes, of know? course, yeah. which I love. The, the Topper Harley, one of my favorite characters. Thank you, thank that you. you. Played. Um, speaking of, so like diff different roles, I just want to ask, you know, what what are we looking? What are you looking to do now? Are we going to have maybe some more comedy stuff? We know we just saw the commercial you did with your dad. Oh, right on. Yeah, right which, on. Which was great. Thank um, you. I I loved Anger Management. I oh, thank you. I loved that show today. Thank you. But. Uh, more serious roles, some comedy. Are we going to steer away from acting? Are we focusing on the family time with the kids? You know what's what's going on for you now? What are you? Yeah, that's the best excuse people have when they're completely out of work. They're like, "Oh, I wanted to <laughs> spend more time with my kids." Um, <laughs> no, the opportunities haven't been there, and that's been okay because I I think cosmically, you know, I've been given this this time to yeah. to heal, yeah. to to just get right again, you know, and and get focused and 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 get get re-energized. Yeah. You know, to, to do something cool because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I, there's a lot about life right now that feels freaking hopeless, man. And we're stuck in this place. And, and I know, and you know, with the, forget the politics of it all, just the COVID of it yeah, all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, there are certain days and I'm like, I don't like where I'm living. I don't like, I just don't like who I am today. And, I, and then I'm like, dude, stop. Gratitude check. Yeah. Okay. We're not on a ventilator. Today's <laughs> yeah. a win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anything else. Did you use the bathroom on your own? Extra bonus Hell points. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Right? There you go. Yeah. But there, you know, it's like, I want to help people. I want to do something. I want to contribute, but you can't go anywhere. You can't interact with anybody. It's 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 literally life and death, you know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I I think not to not to be self uh, aggrandizing, but but I I I think the the most good I can do um, is is through is 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 through my work as an actor. You know, yeah. I think that's the most people I could reach when they might need some escapism or some comedy or something cool. Yeah. Again, that they know they can rely on me for, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. So that's, that's how I'm, I, I'd like to be of service <laughs> to everybody that's suffering, yeah. you know? Um, but I can't do that uh, just, you know, at my house, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I think, I think that, that people are starting to get a sense that 
that you know I got my shit together again that I'm excited about being excited again yeah and yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah I I I there's a show that it's really cool that the um that the commercial with dad is out that was kind of an accident it was supposed to be a digital ad really yeah okay and, and he and I co-wrote it and so we shot it that's why it's not lit. It's not really shot well. It just looks like... <laughs> yeah, it looks like phone, but, Thank like, you. A, but, but yeah. like a high-quality phone, kind right. of just right. in the moment, <laughs> right. like, you know. It was only supposed to be seen on your phone <laughs> or, or your tablet, right? Right. And so um, they saw it, and they played it for the company, and they're like, well, this is awesome. Let's just put that on the air. So they did, and it is, it's, it's right in the middle of Dad and I uh, putting a show together, that that's that's the two of us that's cool yeah and I would love and, that. and it's a it's a curb style docu-comedy drama um where we're playing ourselves that's cool nice. yeah and it, it's rich it I, is rich uh, and we've been working on it for a while i've been hesitant to discuss it sure um didn't want to jinx it but i don't have that power you know right. i think people will be excited to hear that oh okay cool yeah that's that's something we're gonna we're gonna tune into you yeah know? Uh, and I, you know, that like I've, we've talked about, there's so, been so many different projects that you've worked with your dad that are fabulous. And I really loved when you brought him in on Anger Management. Thank that you. For me, that kind of... Thank you. Two of my favorite actors of all time working together, you Thank know. You. And, um, that was a hard, that was a hard undertaking though. That, I'm sure. Yeah. We were, we were doing a uh, hundred episodes in two and a half years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To make this this syndication package yeah and people don't realize that, that there was that many episodes of that show that were yeah, put out yeah and it, the work. show suffered a little bit um but we had a we had a genius at the helm uh, bruce helford yeah great yeah, cast yeah cast was terrific yeah. um but yeah it uh there's a reason that that format needs you know four days yeah five days but four four minimum you know yeah and we were doing two shows a week and sometimes pieces of a third show in that same week. And sure. I only knew what scene or what show we were in based on the clothes I was wearing. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, but that that was one that turned into a real health struggle. A real, because, you know, I'd, I'd been diagnosed and I was right. keeping it a secret. And there was all this other shit going on over here. And I was all this extortion. And, you know, there was so yeah. much stress. I could That imagine. to then go to work, you know, it's like... You know, I should be, you know, talking to my kids at lunch or my mom. And it was always with a lawyer, <laughs> you oh, know, it's just uh. like, and then, well, then, okay, if we don't do this, then this is going to happen. They need you on set. So, you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. was, it was almost impossible to be focused. And so, you know, I stayed pretty, pretty drunk on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see it. I can, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm sure if I went back, I'd probably tell difference between scenes. Maybe it'd be like sure, oh, yeah. a little less dialogue. Well, I want to go back in there because I had I would have no idea. I guess it just um, goes yeah, to show how great of an actor you are. But it's like damn, you're very kind. Really <laughs> I'm really kind. Well, Charlie, we want to. We're gonna leave you with the last uh, words of encouragement. We would like to get to some just just some quick questions. Just answer them, you know, for fun, off the cuff, and. Uh, Boy, there's so much I think, guys, we want to talk with Charlie about. Hopefully, we could talk to you again down That'd the line. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I apologize. I talked the whole freaking time. No, that's the point. <laughs> no one wants to yeah, hear from us, it, Charlie. They want to hear from you, man. It could have been more of a conversation. It, 
<laughs> didn't have to be, no, you know, nice, nice. this was this 400 was perfect, monologues. Yes. No, this All was right. Uh Mikey, why don't you start off with the, the rapid questions? All right. If you can have dinner with anybody you want, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, <laughs> just the one person? Just one person. Just one person. Um, one person. That is... Well, it's not like I can... I'm going to piss anybody off if they're dead. <laughs> um, Could be anyone in history. doesn't even matter. Or anyone alive. I... I um, can, it, can it be two people or no? All right, fine. We'll say two. We'll give you two. Can it, can it be JFK and Babe Ruth? That's Absolutely. pretty badass. And that's a dope that's answer. That's a cool... Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, a juxtaposition. Cool. Right? Now I get why you wanted to. Babe, I get the Babe because it's Babe fucking Ruth, but JFK, what is it about him that fascinates I don't know. Just, just epic presence, epic yeah. brain, epic all of it, you know? Just a really, you know... You know what? We've never done where we've allowed each other to, but I think it'd be interesting JFK and John Lennon. Okay. Because you talk <laughs> about... So, and it's not just for the, the, you know, the comic, sorry, the, the, you know, bad joke, but just that we're so switched on to some shit that was going on in the world. Right. And there's a reason that what happened happened. Sure. So... Sure. As I take it a heavy route, but I do shit like that all the time. Carlos, you're up, man. What do you think? Well, I'm just looking at this question over here about who is your biggest inspiration or mentor in your life. Talk to about. Um, let you answer that question. Uh, my dad. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I kind of I got that just listening to you. That yeah. that's that was what the answer would be. But uh, yeah, and we're closer. Cool. We're closer now than ever. Yeah. I bet. You know? that's yeah, good. it's and we have a lot of fun together. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, we're both a couple of kids, you know, um, but you know, it's not, you know, we're 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 buddies when that's the moment, you know. Yeah. But he's still he's always dad, sure. you know. And if if I'm, you know, he he'll confuse spelling uh, untied and united, right? <laughs> but but anything anything. Historically, politically, socially, yeah—if you—if you need the answer and you need the right answer, he's your man. <laughs> yeah, he's just got you that know? switched on, you know. Yeah, gets it. Um, yeah, and I want to talk about your brother too because we all love minute work sitting at this table as well. So that's one thing Thank we'll you. have to earmark for another time. Oh, and X-rated was great too. Rated X. Rated X. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that, but the movie that uh, Charlie did with his brother. All right, here we go. Any pet peeves? Shit that annoys you. Uh, yes. Give us some. <laughs> he's, like, what? he's like, here's well, my yeah. list. Yeah. 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 Going on somewhere, how, much, how much uh, battery do you have left? Um, uh, give us like two or three. Okay, tailgating. 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 Yeah. Oh, Not the fun thing at a football LA, game. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Tailgating. Yeah. It just, it, 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 there's so much interwoven into the mentality of, of the tailgater. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. just... Yeah, wow. man. And, and these days, man, I don't, you know, I don't look at anybody when they pass. I don't, I don't get involved in anybody with there's a car involved sure. or anything. It's too dangerous, you know? Yeah. I love how you looked at me when you said that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an aggressive driver. Okay. I'm an aggressive driver, so uh, I make it a point. When I'm coming up in the fast lane and no one's in the slow lane and you're going 60, I'm going to get on. I'm going to get on you. I'm going to tell you. But that's just to make a point because I before I had this job, I was constantly driving, so I was on the road all the time, so that's what I did. But don't worry. I won't tailgate you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but that's a specific moment. I'm talking about like when traffic's going 
25. Oh, yeah. no, I don't do that. And you got a that. guy, and it's like, where are you going that is not only more important than where I'm going, but also that I need to risk my safety for you to get there sure. sooner? Yeah, that requires you up my ass. So it's exactly. situational. situational. I get what you yeah. mean. I get what you um, mean. But the, the one look I will always give the tailgater <laughs> is when we both wind up at the same red light. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You really did? Okay. Cool. Oh, shit. Mikey, go ahead. Um, all right. Let's do this one. What's your favorite hobby? Favorite hobby? Yeah. You mean like collecting something? Sure. Anything. Anything you got. Uh, or something we should be surprised. Yeah, what do you spend do. your time doing? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? What, uh, what, what excites me these days? <laughs> Minimizing. Yeah. Really? Minimizing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean... That I'll I'll plan certain days around going through this room today, yeah. going through this part of the storage today, yeah. and it's just it's just I guess you know as you get older, not being attached to stuff, you know, and and really you know coming to terms with yeah. what do we really need, yeah. you know, when you get down to want versus need. You can you can empty a bunch of drawers, man. That's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's not really a hobby. Um, that's more of just a passionate thing for me now. Mm. Um, see, I I collected everything for so long, um, and then in times of you know whatever uh, financial downturns. Um, <laughs> I would sell all this stuff. Sure, yeah. So I have sitting on all this crap that I could just sell. So that was kind of cool. Absolutely, yeah. But it was it I, I, it, it was addictive um, collecting. Yeah. But it was cars. It was art. It was guns. It was baseball memorabilia. Uh, girls. Um, that's not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't even get into that stuff today. Uh, hey. But yeah, it, guilty uh, as charged. So yeah, I've I've. Um, is reading a hobby or no? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I've gotten back into reading and I really enjoy it. Any particular cool. genre? Uh, mostly um, uh, crime thrillers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like detective thrillers, yeah. shit like that. Yeah. I love Michael Connolly, um, but I was reading Connolly long before the the show. Sure. You know? yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. I I, um, I I I think if I didn't do what I wound up doing for a living, that I would have pursued law enforcement. Uh, oh, Not wow. that they would have let me, <laughs> but I would have pursued it. Yeah, you, know? yeah. <laughs> you played good law enforcement as well as military, so. But I've never been. A, I've never had a chance to play a detective, like a really smart detective hunting somebody really, really dangerous. Then what was the, what was your role in the movie you did with uh, with Eastwood? I thought you were a detective. in Well, that. I was. Yeah, but we were specific to um, uh, G rides to stolen oh, cars. Go- gotcha. So okay. it wasn't. We weren't really interacting right. with. We weren't. You know, taping right. off crime scenes. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mr. Sheen, I know we, we've got to kind of bring it to. Go ahead. Can I? Do, you want me to leave with something? Yeah. Leave us. Leave the listeners with the positive note. Any of those out there that are struggling with with addiction or you know newer to recovery, we actually did have a gentleman. I believe he's from Canada that we put out there to ask questions, and he really wanted to know that. You know, what was the positive that you can put out there for people that that, that enter recovery and, and are seeking their sobriety? Um, it's never too late to get a fresh start, regardless. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter where, you know, where, where, you know, where you convinced that you're, you, you might be stuck. Um, 
uh, you know, any story can be unwritten. Yeah. You know, um, for sure. And then you know, another thing that I, that I really that I, I, I try to live by um, is is common sense and common courtesy. Yeah. Common sense and common courtesy. Both 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 have essentially become extinct. You yeah. Know? Um, but it's the 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 more I'm attached to 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 the, those two elements. Uh, <laughs> In in the day, you know, it's it's the 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 better I know I was in in you know wherever that day took me, yeah. and people will dismiss it as oh that's that's simple and that's whatever that's just, no if it's, if you really take a step back and you look at so many situations, this thing at the Capitol, there was no common sense, <laughs> there was no common courtesy, <laughs> right? Yeah. None. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. From you know from the perpetrators. Yeah. Um, and and there there was none of that that led to that you know yeah it's it sounds simple but i but i know tomorrow (laughs) the more i have of that today the better tomorrow is going to be yeah absolutely you know well anything else gentlemen nope it's been a pleasure, Charlie. Thank you. Oh, likewise. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for sure. Thanks for letting me bend your ears. Jeez. Oh, hell yeah. Um, we'll have to do it again sometime. I would love to. Absolutely. I would love to. We get Emilio on here. <laughs> that would be yeah. incredible. Oh, yeah. That would be incredible. Yeah, or, you know, you, you, you could get my dad. But him alone. Because then he can tell you shit about me and Emilio that we, <laughs> we wouldn't sit here. Right. That would be That's awesome. a good perspective yeah. from the standpoint of a parent with the, you know, the children running amok. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, likewise. Likewise. Amazing. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams, and working hard. Always striving to make those dreams a reality. We believe life's too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road ahead that you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. Listeners of Knocking Doors Down, head over to 5150ltm.com. That website again, 51FIFTYLTM.com. Charlie Sheen, gentlemen, that was a that was a good time. That was awesome. Hell yeah! I can't believe how just easy going, down to earth, like how easy it was to talk to him. You know, he's been in the limelight forever, a list celebrity, but he was just so down to earth and so cool. You know, yeah. like it was. It was a breath of fresh air, that's for sure. Yeah, it seemed like we could have talked to him forever, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, he was just yeah. kind of hanging out even after we were done. He just kind of kicked back and just we just talked afterwards while yeah. we were packing up and stuff. It was totally cool. Enjoyed it. Yeah. And so you know, I don't know about you or everybody or anyone listening to this, but interventions, Carlos, we, we know something about that. Yeah, yeah, many times. <laughs> Fucking yes. Clint Eastwood on the floor. <laughs> Rob Lowe's there too. It's just like, could gosh, you imagine? We, we are, God damn it, Carlos, get your ass off. <laughs> Sober already. You know? My intervention was my dad, hey, you're going to rehab. I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because, you know, he's a big-ass dude, so it's just whatever. But Clint Eastwood, Rob Lowe, all that, like, okay, yeah, Clint, you got it, buddy. Like, how could you say no to that? <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one that really in that conversation that had never had any sort of intervening. I mean, I had people, hey, I'm concerned about you or whatever, but there was never any intervention for me. Uh, but you had two uh, many times from family and friends and just, you know, even just outside, you know, groups of people just trying to trying to help me out. Of course, a lot of rehabs that I went to and so forth. So just over and over again, people trying to help me to try to get clean. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, I would say maybe most of the time I probably went somewhere to get some help afterwards, but a lot of times I say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, and probably went off and did a line and, sure. you know, and yeah. just right. ignored him. But, but it was, yeah, it was totally cool that it happened for him. I think he took off that weekend too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. he took off that weekend and promised I'll come back a million dollars or whatever it was <laughs> if, if I put my back in time, right? I bet that lady, obviously she wants him to do better, but I bet you anything she was like, fuck, when she saw him walking up because now she's out a million dollars. She was like, not only is he here, but he's early. Motherfucker. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear because I, I have never been, even as uh, friends that I've, I've seen seek their sobriety or even with my own dad, I was never a part of those interventions. So for me, it's always an interesting thing to hear where it's that, wait a minute, shit ain't, this this isn't the normal get together. This is something totally different. Well, you know what's going on immediately when you see it. You right. know what's happening. But... um. But I also think too, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. I'm sorry, no, Mikey. Go ahead, go ahead. Now I was also thinking about one time where I had family and friends come over to my house, and uh, you know, my family was really pushing on it. You know, of course, to go get help and so forth. But I actually had some a friend of mine that uh, he 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 knew or he know uh, knew at the time of how that I'm only going to change when I'm ready, right. right? And so he was one of those people that he was there to support, you know, the group and the family and the friends and so forth. But I mean, he understood that. I mean, you can get together like that and you can try all you want, but I mean, is that going to be last long lasting change? Right. You know, I mean, a family members can come together and tell you how much they love you and tell you that you need to get help because, but most of the time, you know, you need to get help. You yeah. know, you're, you know, you're bad and you're, and you're destroying your life, but you're not ready yet. So to do it for them, yeah, that might be a temporary fix, you know, and I think that's, you know, I, I think Charlie went, well, Charlie went back to drinking afterward. That yeah. wasn't his last time drinking, so, right? Like he said, like he said, hey, I, was, I think it was 25 at the, you know, at yeah. the time. He was like, man, I'm just starting getting yeah. part. But he did it short term to try to help. And to me, you know, to do that, it just wouldn't be worth it, you right. know, because every time I went on, every time I went to rehab, I was serious. It was like I went with the plans to get clean forever, you know, yeah. and I gave it 100%. And so to go, to rehab and go look for help just because someone in your life and your family or friends or whoever or your spouse tells you, hey, you need help. It's like, well, no shit, I need help. <laughs> I'm just not ready. Yeah. And I and so I, I I think I was hard for the my least people in my life to understand. It's like, don't you love me? Yeah, I know, yeah, I love you. Then why don't you go get clean? Right. Yeah, babe. You know what? If I can give you that answer, if I could have the answer, addiction and what what that really is, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, people are still trying to figure out after all these years, right? There's no really simple cure for addiction. No. Yeah. You know, it's just about getting to the point where enough's enough and you're just tired of it and you wanna get back to your normal self and you just have to realize that you can never be normal if you continue doing drugs or alcohol, or whatever your addiction is. And so yeah. my long lasting changes was because I was ready got to the point in my life was like you know what i, I got I, I want more in life yeah this is not the my life i want to live and so that's when i decided to stay clean and i've been clean now for what 14 years yeah yeah and just to be clear too like when my dad said go to rehab or i'll kick your ass i was already over it at that time so like <laughs> a lot of people say well if you're forced into it you don't want to go you're not going to get better and they're totally right i i was ready to right. stop so it was 
Just to clear that up. <laughs> it was all about me, Dad. Not to I, mention 6'5", 250. I was terrified of him, so I listened to him, but I was already over Yeah, it, so. speaking of someone that really cleared up uh, their life, our uh, guest next week, uh, Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, won the gold medal with his a broken freaking neck, as he'll remind you. A uh, multi-time uh, world champion professional wrestler at his peak of his addiction, popping 65 Viking in a day, along with drinking a 12-pack of beer. Just to manage some Xanax. Yeah, and not only just to manage his physical pain, but his emotional pain. Lose, lost his dad at 16. Also, of course, David Schultz. If you um, guys don't know the story of David Schultz, who was care- killed by John DuPont of the DuPont family, of course, a uh, real tragic story. That was his mentor after his father's passing, so he never really dealt with a lot of these traumas along with a lot of this physical pain that took a toll on his body. But, uh, man, kicking ass now, looking amazing, an inspirational guy. We had a blast. The funniest thing about this, Carlos, is I've never heard the guy curse. We got him to curse twice. I was like, <laughs> all right. But uh, a real great story. Now family man, father of six, uh, one of those children adopted, him and his beautiful wife, and he's just doing so great. So it's an inspirational episode. Make sure to earmark that. Subscribe now because that's coming next week. Anything else, gentlemen? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. No, I'm going home. All right, on that note, keep knocking doors down. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.